Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Hour. I'm Quinn, your GM. With me today are Tio. Hello, I am Tio. I play Claire Claremont, the Forgotten Vessel. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it, Kyle. <laughs> I am Kyle. I play Duncan Oliver the Vox. And Hannah. Hannah, Max, the Paradox. Boom, get in it. Bam, there we go. We have finished our third disturbance. <laughs> Woo! Skin yeah, yay! Yeah, I got a little, little wild. Got a little close. Maybe some mistakes were made. No. Maybe some feral cars were loosed. Oops. Were loosed. We're loosed. Le- I guess. Loosed. Yeah. Loosed. loosed? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Loosed. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, how are y'all feeling? I'm not around. <laughs> so you tell me. <laughs> As characters or players. <laughs> I went to the heavy side layer. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm feeling a little ouchy. Well, luckily, Hannah, in Absurdia, you heal all harm after a disturbance. So. Woo! Yay, let me get on my eraser. What did y'all think of the Clunkin' X? It was very good. It was fucking sick. <laughs> a great adversary to take advantage of some of the rules that are built into Absurdia's money system. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's always great when we make goofs and they turn around to be entire disturbances. <laughs> I mean, Kyle, you manifested this. You're like, no, we can't do a clunkin' axe because then we'll have to fight it. And it's true. I can't resist. I have a problem. <laughs> I wasn't wrong. <laughs> no. No, you were you were quite we quite spot on. We did it and we did. Yeah, I thought it was very fun. I thoroughly enjoyed being able to sneak some jabs at Adam Smith in there. <laughs> oh, iconic. Yes, got to get that in. So, you know, you I think to. we've hit all the finer points that were needed. Did you have any favorite moments or anything that surprised you this arc? Well, we made Jeremy really big, um, which yeah, was pretty that good. That was pretty cool. We had another top tier NPC introduction. Yes. yes. Solar. Solar That's moon, right. moon killer. Solar Moonslayer. Slayer. Attack and dethrone the moon. Yes. I think the introduction of some great characters. I really liked building the library lore. I thought that was pretty fun. Yeah. I really liked the whole last episode where I got to like launch myself at the giant Klunkanax and then just like pew, pew, pew through the... That was pretty epic. Yeah, that was yeah. pretty <laughs> dope. It's always pretty cool when you get to actually use the big sword you carry around all the time. Yes. Yeah. Do y'all have any questions for me? Where'd I go? Oh, yeah, that's a good one. (laughs) Hang tight. Okay. We'll get there. Don't worry. (laughs) All right. Well, it's a big question. Answer coming shortly. Uh, Where did Elodie go? Uh, Hang tight. (laughs) (laughs) Good question. Okay. Okay. (laughs) More questions about the previous arc and not so much about, you know, the future. Sure, sure. Is the brewery still big? Jeremy and the yes. ha- and the fermentation tank are big. The brewery never got big, okay. but uh, yeah, they're still big. Oh, <laughs> cool, 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 yeah. Oh no, yeah. That's a fun problem. It's not really a question about previous arc. It's still kind of a future one. But do we ever figure out what happened to Walker? Hang tight. Okay, <laughs> okay. Maybe we should just keep Listen, rolling. We got, big, we got big questions about what what next. So with that, let's go ahead and move on to our essence refreshes and agendas. And then I have some end of session questions for you. Claire and Duncan, you just fractured, so you're refreshed already. Max? Uh, let's see. Use the past or future to save the present. I don't think so. I don't think I did. Let's move on to agendas. Does anyone feel like they met their agenda in the last session or in the arc that we didn't cover? Probably at least once. What do you got? I mean, I don't know how many times, if you can only do your, like, one agenda one time per insert time frame, but I feel like Duncan put himself in harm's way to take a stand against chaos and entropy a couple times. (laughs) Yeah, whenever you meet the condition, as long as it's, you know, like a a distinct event. Mm -hmm. So certainly in the battle outside of City Hall, Mm -hmm. probably also at the brewery. Yeah. Pretty much any time you decided to dabble in economics. Yeah, I think at least two times. So go ahead and mark two experience for that one hooray Huzzah! i got to level up a second time <laughs> <laughs> i do think i got at least one because completing a dangerous task by myself i think being hurled at the clunk and axe dropping down into a spooky parking garage and then getting out of the spooky <laughs> parking garage by myself counts for at least yeah. one <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think that counts <laughs> Yay. 
I also think I fulfilled an agenda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I hit Dark Knight. You didn't ask for this, but you're going to make the best of it. Mark experience when you protect someone, even as you terrify them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. The librarians. <laughs> uh-huh. Or I guess you could take your Me? pick. There were a couple of times there, yeah. Well, I'd say the battle at City Hall. Me, <laughs> that too, Duncan, yes. yeah. strapped me to your back. That's right. <laughs> That's true. Did you protect the librarians? Yeah, remember I didn't from want... From yourself, I suppose? No, I protected them from Walker, who wanted to just kill them to get what he wanted. I stuck him in a bathroom. Oh, that's a good mm-hmm. point. Yeah. That's a good point. You did. Go ahead and mark it twice then. Sweet. Oh my gosh. I'm so close to fulfilling my experience trap. Well, hey, I got some end of session questions for you. Ooh, Great. Here we go. And I have new ones. And I think these ones are close to what I want to roll with. So <laughs> let's see how they work. Ooh, hot off the presses. Did you successfully deal with the disturbance? Yes. Technically, yes. 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 Not technically, we yep. did. We fucking did. There's no technical. The clunkin' axe is gone. The yes. clunkin' axe is sure. gone. Sure, yes. Jeremy did a good amount of that, but we made Jeremy <laughs> what he is today. <laughs> yeah, parent. We're, we're doing the parent thing where we take credit. <laughs> we'll take care, for credit for Jeremy's <laughs> punches. Okay, go ahead and mark one experience. Great. Hey, I've officially leveled up. Did your character change or evolve during the disturbance? Yeah, I think Duncan... When we talk about the fracture, I'll talk about that. But he did economics. Sorry, he did accounting for the first time. (laughs) Plus whatever fracture you wind up with. Yeah, I think that counts. Yeah. Claire, Max? I mean, I don't think Claire evolved unless you consider her (laughs) taking the bold stand of making sure the librarians aren't killed. An evolution of her moral principles. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this question didn't exist last go around, and Claire has evolved into trying not to kill people, so we'll count that. Okay, Mm -hmm. all right, yes, baby steps, baby Mm -hmm. steps. Yeah. Max? I think this is the first time I've used Quantum Leap to move between inanimate objects. I don't want to say Max didn't necessarily know that she could, she thought she could do it, but this is the first time she's used that in somewhere. Yeah, yeah, let's count it. Yay! Okay, so everyone mark one more experience. And then, did your actions result in a significant change to the town, for better or for <laughs> yes. worse? Yeah, yeah, yes. it's mostly all smushed yeah. Yes. <laughs> Half the bureaucracy are spattered <laughs> across the lawn. Jeremy is big. Cars, yes. <laughs> Cars. The municipal fleet. <laughs> municipal fleet has been released onto the streets. Be free. Must we count the ways? <laughs> yeah, so, so definitely. Okay, so mark one more experience. Yay. <laughs> Like the caveat there that it doesn't have to be a good change. Yeah. Makeovers don't have to be good. Yep. Two more, and then we'll do level okay. ups. Did you significantly aid or bolster a faction in town? Duncan didn't. Duncan was kind of running around trying to hold things together. Claire tried to help Walker. It didn't necessarily turn out great. Yeah, I don't think so. Like as a benefit to the thing. We tried to help the bureaucracy, but I don't think they were necessarily bolstered. <laughs> I'm open to bureaucracy. I think the battle at City Hall would have gone quite differently if you all weren't there. You know, we aided. Whether they are now in a stronger position than they were at the beginning of the disturbance is up for debate, but we did aid them. So take plus one with bureaucracy, but uh, Claire, maybe hold on. (laughs) Because our last question, did you cause significant problems for a faction (laughs) in town? (laughs) Yes. I think yours is canceled out by the significant problems you caused at the yeah, library. Yeah, so not for me. Not for me. That's okay. Yeah, that's fine. You have you want to be able to goad them anyways. Yeah, I... Look, <laughs> me and the bureaucracy, it's a healthy skepticism we hold uh, against each other. Go way back. Yeah, way back in not getting along. <laughs> it's in character. If Claire was like, here's a letter of commendation from the bureaucracy, you get a little gold star, Claire would light it on fire and mail the ashes back <laughs> to the bureaucracy. <laughs> be would. like, no. Oh, I'm thinking Claire gets just like some chewed up gum. <laughs> we get something nice. Claire gets a, your books are overdue. Yep. And you owe a million dollars or five pogs. <laughs> the whole exchange system is fucked right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Somewhere's back to a barter economy for the next two weeks. Cool. <laughs> Love yeah, it. Yeah. Claire coins. Claire coins. God intended. 
Claire coins are fluctuating massively in value. They're decentralized coin, Claire coins, so you know <laughs> it's difficult to, to track, and they're uh-huh. managed by a central. We call it a block chain. They're chiseled out of blocks of old Clunkanax parts. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Oh, I thought it like varied. <laughs> that have been chained into uh, in Claire's store. I thought it was like you went to each block in the city and there was a slightly different exchange there. So it's a chain. Oh, of Ooh, also good. Yep. yep. I, don't, I don't have a joke, but I want to have some kind of like Claire sending a chain letter oh, boy. from block to block. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't forward this also to five very friends, oh, Axe will step on your house. The, clunk, the value of your Claire coins will decline if you don't forward this to five friends. Oh, you have been cursed. God. You have been cursed. Oh, yeah. I love that. The implication being it's an actual curse. Yep. Um, yep. Now, friends, we've all had a lot of fun here. Tio's just going to pop in and say that the latest research shows that there never was a barter economy. It was all IOUs that were just not metal coin money. So given that, Claire is absolutely promoting ClaireCoin as your IOU to get whatever you need. (laughs) She is subverting the economy. Mm -hmm. Incredible. So it sounds like some people leveled up. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Do you know what you would like to take for your advancement? I'm so tempted to add an extra box to my essence track because I've already fractured twice. (laughs) I know that I'm going to take a new paradox move. Okay. And the new paradox move that I'm going to take because I see this coming in my future. Oh, I can see the future. Look at me. Is mm-hmm. so it goes, which allows you whenever you would make a fractured roll, you may choose to make a basic roll instead. Describe a happier time you immerse yourself in because I am one away from fracturing. Yeah. And I don't want it to hurt quite as much when it happens. So this is me <laughs> okay. planning. Qu- Quinn, look at me. Look at me. I'm planning, planning. for the future. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Love it. Duncan. Yeah. I've fractured twice already. A lot of the other Vox moves cost integrity. <laughs> But I'll take another Vox move and I'll just pick up something that I think would have been helpful previously, which is Veritas. If you speak the truth, others will believe you despite any and all evidence to the contrary. Gain plus one when you speak with honesty and conviction on a roll to sway someone. Ooh, very Duncan. Very Duncan. Very Duncan. I do sway a lot and more often than not, I'm being honest about what's going on. (laughs) That's very true. Claire, did you level up? I did indeed. Do you know what you would like to take for your advancement? I am going to take plus one chaos. Hey, who? Okay. Ooh. That would bring my chaos up to three, my friend. Nice. Yeah, that right. clocks. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, tracks. feels right. I could Accurate. take my minus one wits down to zero. No. No, 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 Okay. I think we're ready to get to it. Duncan, you come to standing in the doorway of a Baroque penthouse office. The furnishings are a studying contrast between pale and dark, sinuous and angular. The wall opposite you is composed entirely of glass, looking out into a sweeping sea of clouds dappled by bright sunlight. It's a stunningly peaceful view. Right up until the moment that two enormous figures collide violently against one another. A gargantuan bear and a (laughs) leviathan bull. Okay. Abruptly, you notice a man seated at the desk in the center of the room, who you're 90% sure wasn't there before. He's wearing a cornflower blue button-down with a stiffly starched white collar, a goldenrod tie, navy slacks, and suspenders. He's got pomade hair with a face that looks almost human. His smile is just a bit too rictus, his eyes just a bit too wide and unblinking. He's holding a glass of expensive-looking liquor in one hand and smoking a cigar in the other. You! Yeah. I sensed your presence in the beyond, the one who would dare direct the whims of labor and the will of capital. Do you think yourself mightier than the market? Uh, no. I was just reading numbers. Have a seat. Does he have a nameplate on his desk? No. Mr.? Call me Adams. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I've heard about you. You can call me the economy. I chose this form because I thought it would be pleasing to you. Well, Ty's nice. Thank you. My son gave it to me. <laughs> Just uh, kidding. I don't uh, have a son. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, oh. God, it's so full uh, of jokes. 
so the mythology funny. in my head. What is happening? <laughs> okay. Duncan sits down and twiddles his thumbs. You What's think yourself the... mightier than the market? I'm sorry. No, you go ahead, of course. You think I just wanted to ask what the, the market? okay, sorry, no, please. <laughs> of course, yes, uh, no, yep, yep, of course. You, you can ask the questions, I'll get mine in later. No, no, go ahead, please. Those two, I point at the big barren bull. Hmm? He looks back and seems like mildly surprised and then turns back to you and says, oh, yeah, I don't know what that is actually. <laughs> Does that mean anything to you? Uh, yeah, actually, I have a couple follow-up questions in that case. Quinn, could I naturally interview the economy? <laughs> you, you certainly can. <laughs> okay, great. That is an 11 plus 2. That is 13. Ooh. Okay, hold two. To interview the economy. Uh, what do they fear or worry about? Nothing. Cool. The economy has no fear or worry. Mm-hmm. In general, it is outside of human emotion such that you understand and experience it. Yeah, I figure probably they don't really want anything in particular as well in that case. So second hold is just, uh, what does this person not want me to know? The economy doesn't want you to know that it doesn't understand you or human beings and the way that they behave. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure glad I didn't miss. That would have been real rough. <laughs> Mark the economy down as a rival. Very funny, yep. though. <laughs> That, that would have been a problem for you. It would have ruled. That would have been amazing. So fucking I mean, rad. Yeah, not going to lie, that would have been really game fucking changer. rad. Game changer. The economy is your mortal enemy. <laughs> never say never. Can never get a loan. Oh, God. Bank account's always zero. <laughs> I don't think it's that different from how Duncan generally operates with money, but... That's <laughs> true. True. Okay, well, I've asked my questions. Your economy-ness. E? Can I call you E? Uh, sure. Why not? All right. What happened down there? Hmm? Things felt unbalanced. Y well, I, uh, accountants didn't seem to be doing a whole lot, so I read some numbers, and then my good bud Jeremy got super big. I think maybe I read them backwards. I think I may, or maybe upside down. Were you the one suggesting that we just sort of, like, Dump the trough out and see what happens. Dump the trough out. Yeah, just like dump all the money out. Oh. Yeah. I thought about it. Interesting. Didn't know you were listening. I've said a great number of things over the years about troughs. It's like when a mosquito's in your ear. Hmm. Yeah, so it's like a bunch of mosquitoes in my ear. Okay. That doesn't sound too bad. I mean, I don't really understand. That's why I brought you up here. It could be a lot of, like, birds in your ear or something. Birds also, yes. Really any small, annoying animal that you can't understand that mm. won't leave you alone. <laughs> okay, okay. But so you thought, you, you thought about this whole trough idea, about dumping yeah. all the money out? Yeah, I was, I was actually uh, drawing up some plans, and then, you know, things seemed to sort itself out down there. Okay, that's probably good. As far as I understand, it all started back when there was too much money all together in one spot. I don't understand the problem. Yeah, well, the money just kind of started to do its own thing, which it usually doesn't, but it sometimes does. Hmm. Kind of a Katamari. Do you know a Katamari? Have you put, do you have a, a Nintendo DS? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. That's an ancient history sort of thing. My son used to collect things. Oh, uh, yeah, I remember those. I have approximately 154 million. <laughs> oh. Do you have one that is green by any chance? Yeah, hold on. And uh, he reaches into his pocket and you can see he's like wiggles his hand around a couple times and then pulls out a green Nintendo DS and throws it onto the desk and it slides towards you. Oh, red. Do you mind? Oh, no. No, I, I got plenty. <laughs> yeah, I popped that in the old jacket inside pocket. Cool. There you go. Thanks, B. Ah, no problem. So as for what fixed it down there, from what I saw before I got here, punches were doing pretty good. Interesting. Have you ever punched money? Uh, sometimes when, you know, I get a little bored or frustrated. Yeah, I'll go out to the punching bag out back and just get a little uh, exercise in. Sure. I presume it's all money up here, huh? Mm-hmm. I mean, your brain is perceiving this as language and physical environment, but mm. this is all actually accounts payable and receivable. 
Ah, okay, okay. It's just your brain is perceiving it as language and objects. Brains, am I right? I don't understand. Yeah, me neither, <laughs> honestly. So do you have other questions or can I go? How do I go back, by the way? Is there an elevator down or? Oh, you want to go back? Well, I mean, eventually I'm, I'm having a great time chatting with you. Elevator, yeah. He snaps and behind you where there had just been a flat wall, there's a, now an elevator door. Whoa, that's cool. Yeah. How do you do that? Uh, I don't know. I just kind of can. Okay, okay. Well, it's been great chatting. You may want to figure out what's going on with that bear and that bull. It seems dire. Yeah, I'm still not sure about that. I think they'll be able to figure it out. As you've been watching this, Duncan, the bear and the bull have been battling and repeatedly have bested one another. And then the fallen animal gets back up and the fight continues again. Mm -hmm. Oh, I had one more question, if you don't mind. No, no, please. This is fascinating. You brought me up here. There's a you grabbed a bunch of other folks and stuff from somewhere in those um, tornado cyclones that you dropped down. Accounts Are those receivable. coming back? Oh, okay. Yeah, in your accounts receivable. Are those coming back, getting paid out, or...? Mm, no, all of their value depreciated to zero during the transaction. Well, shit. Yeah, I'm not sure why you didn't depreciate, actually. Oh, shit. That's kind of why I was <laughs> curious to talk to you. Ah, yeah, okay. Um, well, I've just got a can-do spirit, maybe. That's a good attitude. Yeah. He pulls on his suspenders and smiles a little bit and says, well, uh, yeah, this has been illuminating, actually. Don't usually get to sort of have this kind of conversation. You're really nice. So, uh, yeah, uh, go ahead and go back down. If I need you, I'll, I guess I'll bring you back up. And, uh, yeah, t can you tell people to just, like, cool it down there? I don't, I don't like it when they <laughs> buzz in my ear. Cool it, like, like, stop talking? Just, like, sort your shit out. Just, like, manage it. Okay, sure. Like, if it's really bad, you can come talk to me or whatever. You have a slightly different tone. Okay. But yeah, all the other... I don't, I don't really like... I don't like hearing from them. Okay, yeah. Just tell them to figure it out. I will deliver that message for you. Economics isn't that hard. Yeah, it seems super easy to me. Great. All right. Okay, well, th thank you, E. Uh, I'll... Yeah, I'll be... Is there... You said you could hear me? So if I need to contact you, do I just... Yeah, you have like a slightly higher just, pitch okay. to the like mosquito buzz. Higher pitch than a mosquito. Cool. Yeah, yeah. That's the only way I know how to describe it. All right. Well, uh, seeing as you don't entirely understand how I work, I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> okay. All right. Great. Do you listen to the show, by the way? I'd say as I'm getting into the elevator. WSOM Radio Somewhere. Broadcast every evening. Does it make any money? Well, <laughs> we have pledge drives every quarter. Hmm. It's uh, the words donations. Oh, yeah. Okay. I haven't heard it. It sounds like it's probably pretty quiet, but I'll try to tune in. Okay. I would love that. Hey, maybe we'll, maybe we'll, get, we'll call in. We'll get you to call in and answer some questions sometime. I'm sure folks got a lot of questions. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Sounds good. Rad. Yeah, well, I'll talk to Sebastian. We'll, uh, we'll set something up. Okay, the doors are closing. All right, well, talk to you later. <laughs> talk to you later. Easy. Ding. And Duncan, you experience the immediate and profound sensation of falling at rapid velocity before you black out. Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you come to right outside of WSOM with the profound sensation of that feeling when you are in a dream and you're falling in the dream and then you wake up, but you feel like you're still falling. Yeah, and sit bolt upright, arms flailing in the... I guess it's still probably just like a little shallow layer of beer on mm -hmm. the ground. Oh, well, it'd be a little weird if it wasn't the first time that happened. Duncan, let's talk about your fracture. Let's do that. Do you know what you'd like to have your fracture be? Yeah, I was going to put a fracture on face fear. Okay. And the fracture that I chose in... This is a, diff a little weird one, but I selected numerology. <laughs> Ooh, interesting. Care to elaborate? Yeah, so numerology is a, a kind of a study <laughs> of the mystical relationships between numbers and patterns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is this like the, oh, the movie with Jim Carrey? 
I believe there was one. Where he's like, he becomes obsessed with like that one number and he sees it everywhere. No, numerology is just like, oh, like if you're born on the eighth, this means like eight is a number associated with cats. So you're going to have tons of cats in your life. Oh, except you were born in a year with the five and that means no cats. So you will have two cats. Yeah. Okay. Something like that. Yeah, I think as a as a fracture, it's probably Duncan can't stop noticing patterns in numbers and events that he's living through, whether those patterns mean anything or not. They can be distracting, it can be helpful in a way that a fracture kind of is. Incredible. May I, uh, based on our, our scene here that just occurred, mm-hmm. may I make a suggestion? Sure. Occasionally, at the periphery of your vision, you actually see things as balance sheets, like almost like the matrix, but not just ones and zeros. But you see things as like numbers. Mm hmm. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I think you stand up in the the remainder of beer and out of the corner of your eye, the door to WSOM, you see it represented by a sheet of numbers ticking up and down. I like close one eye. And then open it back and close the other eye and then rub both of them and open both eyes up again and try to just like reach out and push on the numbers. Yeah, the door swings open. That's weird. Okay. Sebastian? Seabass? Duncan, hello. Oh my God. Oh, you're okay. I was worried about you. Thank you. Is the station okay? Yes, it is. Our flood protections work out? Yes, they worked quite Nicely. Well done. Excellent. I mean, we knew it was only a matter of time. Were you able to defeat the Klunkanax? The shaking stopped, so I assume yes? As far as I know, yeah. Uh, it, was, it seemed like it was on the ropes when I, uh, I took a little trip up. Like, to the moon? Close, I think. I talked to the economy. My oh my. Precisely. I've never known anyone able to communicate directly with the economy. The accountants claim they can, but we know the truth. Absolutely. Well, it seems like the economy has trouble talking to us as well. But uh, here's the good news. They agreed to an on-air interview, so get ready. That's a huge scoop, Duncan. I know. Well done. I know. It's going to put, well, we're on the map. We're the radio station in town. But I think it can help a lot of people out to hear directly from the economy or just like answer some questions if people think it's some sort of all-knowing thing i'm not entirely sure it is from what i saw e kind of didn't seem to know shit (laughs) they never do do they duncan they never do i guess so oh before we get too deep into business your friend stafford stopped by with a note for you oh package really Oh, shit. Yeah, of, of course. Uh, is it back in the room? Yes, it's on your desk. Thank you, Sebastian. Of course, Duncan. I just, uh, uh, for a favor, do you mind uh, running the broadcast tonight? My bones hurt. Not a problem. Pretty much every one of them. I've got it covered. Thanks. I go back into the room. I pop the little green Nintendo DS on the table <laughs> and check out the package. It's a small package. It's actually like a bubble wrap package. You open it, and inside there is a note, and there's also a bottle. (gasps) It is the same one (gasps) from Somewhere Elementary that contained the subset of the Screaming Folk. I think it was bubble wrap and looked very carefully packaged, but Duncan had like pulled out the letter opener and with kind of like rush movements was like, all right, let's cut this open. Let's see what Stafford sent. And as soon as he like recognizes that bottle, he suddenly becomes much more careful, which means at the same time, a bit more clumsy as he is now thinking about every single movement he's making as he's holding this bottle with both hands carefully. Yeah, I think he scratched the bottle a couple times and little quiet screams emit each time you scratch it. Oh, shit, shit. Uh, tape, duct tape, patch the scratches. The missive from Stafford reads as such. Duncan, I was able to track down the bottle. I found it deep in the archives at City Hall. They moved it there after somewhere elementary returned. Duncan, it's bureaucracy made. They made this, Duncan. The brass at City Hall. I need you to take it. It's not safe with me. They know what I've been doing, Duncan. They're watching me. 
Keep it safe. I immediately like hold it a little closer to me and just kind of look around the room, <laughs> slightly paranoid. There's a knock at your door. <laughs> oh, catch it. Oh, God, duh, don't drop. Duncan, do you want takeout? It's Sebastian. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Hey folks, Quinn here. Thanks so much for tuning in to episode 20 of Monster Hour Absurdia. If you too would like to commune directly with the economy, just like Duncan Oliver, you can do so by making 600 easy payments of $9.99, burying them in volcanic soil, and lovingly tending them until a giant money stock climbs into the financial firmament above. Don't wait. Call today. As always, I want to thank everyone who's been helping spread the word about the show by leaving us a rating and review, giving us a shout on social media, and recommending the show to a real-life economist or accountant you want to goof on a little bit. We've had a bundle of new listeners join us recently on the recommendation of a friend, which basically means y'all are kicking butt, so keep up the good work. I want to give a special shout-out this week to the newest members of WSOM's Eternal Pledge Drive, Chicane and Maya. Thank you to all of our patrons for supporting the show and helping us bring you awesome bonus content. With our third arc wrapping up here, we'll be posting our outtakes and my GM notes shortly. So if you two want to toss a pog to your friendly podcaster, you can go to patreon.com slash monster hour or follow the link in the show notes. That's all I've got for you this week, dear listeners. Tune in April 4th for the next broadcast of WSOM, Radio Somewhere. Claire. In the aftermath of your escapades, I suppose, <laughs> at the library and then at City Hall, you received a short note from Walker delivered via Andrew the Alligator, who has definitely gotten bigger. Mm -hmm. The letter says simply, well, that was a bummer. Taking some time to regroup and find myself. I'll be in touch in a little bit. Walker. Okay. I send a thumbs up emoji. There's no reply. Hmm. That's actually pretty on par. <laughs> yeah. Does Walker know how to sploot? Yeah, Walker just isn't into it. Okay, okay. <laughs> In the following days, you also receive a thick cardstock envelope that is addressed from somewhere City Hall. Mm. It's like a notarized certified mail. Wow. Both of the eyes. Yes. I have my neighbor open it. <laughs> Who's your neighbor? Who's your neighbor? <laughs> just, Glenda. If they're going to die a horrible death, I need to know. <laughs> Glenda, Glenda, my neighbor. I only know three things about Glenda. Thing one, Glenda has won multiple swing dancing championships. Thing two, Glenda tends to have at least three to four suitors over every day of the week. They all look like librarians and it's terrifying. And number three, Glenda will do anything for you so long as you keep your trash bins in the exact correct space every day Love of the it. week and never, ever have them visible from the street. Is Glenda a member of the HOA? Glenda is the HOA. <laughs> Glenda's the only member of the HOA anyone can remember talking to ever. Incredible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Glenda's coming back for sure. Um, <laughs> yep. We just learned three things about them. Yeah. There's, that's the rule. Yeah, that's the rule. Three interesting facts, and they're a permanent character. Yep. Okay, so you walk over to Glenda, who is trimming her rose bushes, mm -hmm. and you hand her the letter. She says, oh, hi, Claire. It's good to see you. Good to see you, too, darling. And Claire Another letter from City Hall. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> you know what they say. It's okay, I'll be your poison tester. Eh. <laughs> Every time, it is a pleasure and an honor, Glenda. Really, truly. Oh, uh, I like the excitement. It only burned off my eyebrows once. <laughs> and you know what? You looked, you, you pulled it off. You made that a fashion choice. I made it work. I mean, you were the reason that that became the thing that they did at the Met the next year. It's amazing. Well, your sploot campaign helped. I Don't mean, sell yourself short. Oh, thank you, Glenda. A little, a little tear oh, comes down. You're welcome, down. Claire. Claire loves Glenda. Claire wants to be Glenda in the future. <laughs> we can make that happen, darling. I told you, you just got to come to the HOA meeting. Yes, but you said that I have to eat only toads for six weeks in advance, and that just doesn't work with my smoothie cleanse. All right. Well, you think about it, okay? Okay, okay. She starts thumbing open the letter. Great. 
inside is a single sheet regular printer paper. It's been <laughs> diligently guarded. Uh, it has the somewhere city hall letterhead, and you notice immediately that is from the customer service bureau. Mm. Glenda looks at it and sniffs it and says, I think it's safe, darling. Here you go. Thank you. Thank you. And I hand Glenda a brooch. Oh, hefty. Yes. I'm going to wear this to Canasta Club. (laughs) Excellent. That's perfect for it. Now, if you tap it three times, it does give off a scent that lets you get drinks for free the entire night. Oh, You know what I like. I do, Glenda, I do. All right. You take care of that thing, okay? Okay, okay. Kisses. Kisses. I start walking back over with my letter here. Incredible. Glenda, love it. I I just want to add one last thing to the backstory lore. Sure. The letter that burned her eyebrows off. It was from the Better Business Bureau, and it was my first warning. (laughs) (laughs) Claire, the letter is from William, <gasps> the customer service bureaumancer. Uh, yes. It says, Ms. Claremont, <laughs> your presence is requested at the customer service bureau at your earliest convenience. <gasps> Signed, William. But like, how did he sign it? Like, did it look like he signed it with a stamp or do you think he did it himself? Give me a roll. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> It looks like a real signature. It doesn't look like a stamp. <gasps> she smells it. What does it smell like? Ink and toner. Mm. Well, it doesn't smell like death or screaming sheep. So that already shows that he went out of his way to pick the good paper. Yeah. Most paper from City Hall smells like death and screaming sheep. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, it's not the death of the screaming sheep. So it's it's just unrelated. Mm -hmm. I am going to put on my most fabulous outfit that I currently own. Okay. What is it? (laughs) Oh, boy. You have so many outfits. I got to know. What is your most fabulous one? I think it is a Lycra bodysuit that is a print of Claire in the Lycra bodysuit flipped upside down. Oh, my God. And then on that Lycra bodysuit, this is this is your, you know, Inception. It is another image of Claire wearing the Lycra bodysuit, but flipped the other way. So it just inverts back and forth the whole time. <laughs> Cascading mirror effect. Oh my God. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Into the Claireverse. Yes. Incredible. Okay, so you put that on and head to City Hall. Yes, sorry. I do have one additional accoutrement. I have a necklace. It has a locket on it. I will not say yet what is in the locket, but it is specifically selected for meeting up with Will. Okay. You head to City Hall, all done up. You enter into the lobby, the perpetual wasteland of unmoving lines, but you (laughs) veer right and head down the long, dark, twisting hallway to the customer service bureau. (laughs) In the waiting area, you hear the sound, now serving. Zero. 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 One. One. (laughs) I calmly walk up. Very cool. Very cool and calm. You see the single light over the desk and the two white-gloved hands disappearing into black-suited sleeves placed on the table. Claire Claremont. Why, Will, if you wanted to see me, you could have summoned me. (laughs) Haha, see, you did. See, that's the joke. (laughs) An excellent joke. I thought you'd like that. Did you come alone? Well, you know, with With Sploot, I'm never truly alone, but in the more traditional sense, yes. May I see your phone, please? Okay. This is like a time slows down for Claire moment. (laughs) The the concept of someone asking for her phone. She slowly, like... Incredible Foley. That is actually quite good. Thank you, baby. Yeah, okay, so I think Claire... Does as requested, but the whole way you see like mind and body fighting each other, her hand can't seem to like make the motion to hand the phone over, but she's like actively trying to do it. So it just looks very awkward, but eventually she just kind of like throws the phone onto the table. William passes one hand over it and it disappears. Uh, uh, Neat trick. Anyone 
could be listening. In that case, I'm sure that someone else in this building is probably listening to me all the time. Never at the Customer Service Bureau. In this moment, it is just you and I. That's very good to know. Claire Claremont. A reading? Why, yes, please. Prudent. I shall record your debts. And you see him open the book and flip through several pages, and he produces a pen, but you don't hear any etches. Hmm. And then he closes the book. And Claire, his hands are upturned, like palms facing up, and you can see in one hand, he has the Wheel of Fortune card, and in the other, he has the Hanged Man. And he kind of spins the Wheel of Fortune card so it's facing upright and so it's facing downturned over and over again. He sets the deck aside and lays out the Wheel of Fortune and the Hanged Man before you and says, Your actions have been noticed and noted. By whom? He draws one more card. And he draws it from the top of the deck, but you get the feeling he knows what it is already. It's the Emperor. Ooh. Ooh. Hmm. <laughs> your actions have been noticed. Take your father's place at my side. <laughs> and he spins the Wheel of Fortune a couple times. Should that concern me? Yes, those who have noticed your actions are planning corrective judgment. And he slides the hanged man towards you. Well, that simply won't do. We both know I look terrible in all black. Yes. I have to imagine, Will, that you're telling me this at risk to yourself. Otherwise, why bother taking away my phone? I am just a reader of the cards. Well, you seem to have done a little more than just read them. A humble public servant who looks out for the well-being of the citizenry. So you think a town with good old Claire Claremont in it is a better version of this town? Is that not what you're saying? If you're looking out for the well-being of the town and making sure that I'm not snuffed out is part of that? Come on, Will, you can give me one compliment. I believe in you. <laughs> Look, I appreciate the warning. I do. I kind of assumed as much when I pissed off all the librarians, but you really didn't need to get involved, and yet you did. I'll tell you what, Will. Claire seeing that Will is... Is it safe to say a little taken aback or a little flustered? Well, you can't see anything besides his hands. You can tell a lot about someone from their hands. Yes, you can. But he is not responding. To fill the silence and also because it's a good opportunity for her to do this, she goes, well, Will, while you sort out your response to that, and I, I am quite curious to hear your response, how about I make things a little more interesting for our future interactions, shall I? And she undoes the necklace she has, puts it on the table, and then she opens the locket. And when she opens the locket, there is like a low hiss coming out of it, just like a sss. Claire looks at Will's hands and goes, this locket is imbued with a very special something that only you have access to. That hiss you might hear, that is the hiss of my essence. For your purposes, what that means is that there's a piece of Claire here at all times. If at any point you wonder to yourself, what would Claire do? What would Claire say? What would Claire know? A piece of me is always here to answer those questions for you. Because I know how much you don't like reaching out of your comfort zone for that kind of information. All you'd have to do is dip a finger into the hissing void and you can get an answer to whatever question about me keeps you up at night. And she takes her hands off of the locket and leaves it there on the table for Will. 
as a civil servant, I am not allowed to accept gifts. However, given the precarious situation, I will store this for the time being. And his white-gloved hand reaches out and very gingerly takes the locket and puts it into one of the drawers in his desk. Max, in the aftermath of the Clunkin' Axe, you have been asking around, and nobody in town seems to have seen Elodie. It's not uncharacteristic of her to make herself scarce, although the nature and timing of her disappearance still strikes you as somewhat odd. Nonetheless, you're not entirely sure what to do about it. You've talked to folks, and nobody seems to know what's happened to her. You've sort of poked around her usual haunts. The best lead you have, perhaps the only lead, comes in the form of a sploot from Gitzes, the scrapper working on the bus, asking you to stop by whenever you get a minute. Okay, I go off to the... God, sorry, it's been a while. It's the gas station at the edge of town that you are not actually supposed to go close to the gas station because it's The bad. abandoned gas station at the edge of town. Yep, yep. Yep. All right. Well, I make my way out there. You arrive at the edge of town near the Eternal Forest. Right. And see the, the familiar scene of the empty fields around the gas station, the pile of junk cars around the derelict fuel pumps, the neon signs still flickering, still saying gas, and the unrelenting, haunting, soul-crushing sensation of fear as you draw nearer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just, I, I don't get close enough to feel the soul crushing, <laughs> sweet, sweet finality of death. Okay, so it's just a nagging sense of fear as you skirt around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, it's a little bit like, I guess the best analogy is kind of, you got like a sore spot in your mouth, and you know you shouldn't be worrying at it with your tongue, but you do it anyway. So there's a part of me that's like, Go to the gas station. Go to the gas. Like go, go, mm -hmm. go to the gas yeah. station. Go touch the door. Go do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. And I'm like, mm, not gonna do that. Not gonna do that. Yeah, it's weird. And the voice in your head actually is Claire's voice. <laughs> oh, that's fun. No, well, not really. It just sounds like something Claire would do. <laughs> it it does it does feel a very Claire thing. It's a service they sell. <laughs> yeah. Claire would want me to, and not because she wishes ill on me, but she would want me to. But she's not here, so I will not do this. Okay. You approach. I think you can see the bus kind of on the outskirts of the scrapyard. It rolls forward towards you as you approach and honks its horn. You can hear the engine purr. Good bus. As it comes to a uh, stop next to you, mm -hmm. the door opens and gets his hops off her body sort of wobbling ever so slightly as she does. And she heads towards you. Hey, Max. Hi, Gitz. Gitz is... Gitz is... It's, it's a yep, lot of gets it's, it's a lot of zzz, zzz together. Sure is. Yep. Also, hello, boss. And I just gently pat the front of it. It's not really a anything to extend at, but I do I do pat it gently. The engine purrs a little bit louder. Yeah. Well, bu bus is looking good. Yeah. Kind of. Uh huh. Any anything new to share with me? It's been a while since I've been out here. Uh. Yeah. Couple things. Um, uh -huh. the bus has been acting a little strangely. I know it's kind of strange sort of on the face of it, but uh, it's been acting a, a little weirder. It kind of disappears randomly and then reappears in different places. Oh. Not as a result of kind of, you know, the whole experimentation that I've been doing, but it just uh, sort of because. It, it, it pops in and out. Uh, yeah, yeah. And not like when it's moving, it just, just kind of randomly. Yeah. And, uh, I, I just looked inside, and, like, I haven't been measuring it sort of exactly. I, I mean, you can take a look for yourself, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that Snarl is getting closer. Oh. Yeah. Quinn, I would like to get on the bus and observe. The door is still open, and you step past Gitz's and onto the bus. And it is absolutely closer. Huh. And I can't remember, last time I touched it, something bad happened. Yeah, that was back in our first arc. 
what happened is Elodie got too close to it and it kind of started siphoning her away down the numerous mm -hmm. writhing tendrils that split off from the snarl and go further back. You were able to pull Elodie away, but it was not a good situation. Right. So don't touch the snarl. Okay. I get back off the bus. Uh, do you have any idea what's causing the snarl to get closer? No, I was kind of hoping you would know with the time and stuff. When was it starting to do this, you know, popping in and out? Maybe a week ago? At first I thought it was nothing, but then it started happening. Well, it kept happening and it started happening a little more often. That's kind of when I noticed it. Quinn, would you say this was before, after, or at the same time as Elodie disappeared? Probably in the vicinity. Okay. How often is it doing this? How often is it popping in and out? Maybe once or twice a day now? And have you been on the bus when it popped and went somewhere else? Yep. I was on the bus, and then when I got off, I was in a different spot. I'd just been parked here, and I was a couple blocks away. But nothing happened when you were on the bus and it moved? No. Huh. Okay, so temporal anomaly on the bus is starting to get more unstable. The snarl is coming closer to the front of the bus. It's popping in and out at random, and it's been doing it more often. What additional work have you done on it since I last saw you? Have you added something or taken something away? No, I, uh, I don't add anything to the bus itself. I've got my station uh, where I do the work, and I, I, you know, I've been testing out a variety of modifications there. I've got the jump on the time loop back to three hours now, so that's, that's cool. I haven't solved the temporal piece. It's still geospatial, but you know, that's half the problem. So you can get the bus to go back three hours in time? I can get the bus to go back three hours on its timeline. So it just, it goes back to the space it was three hours ago. It doesn't actually go back in time, but... Right, okay. But only on its timeline. Mm-hmm. When the bus pops in and out, is it independently moving back three hours on its own timeline? Or is it just popping in and out and ending up in different places? That's the weird thing. That was the first thing I checked, actually. It's not moving on its timeline. Does anybody else have access to the bus and could drive it? Well, Jackie. Uh, I've been with Jackie for a lot of the past week. I don't think she's been driving it anywhere. What about another time traveler like me? What about it? Could they be causing it? Is Elodie on the bus? Quinn, what happens if I try to get on, like, the middle door or the back doors of the bus? Is it just like snarl right there? Or is there something else that I can see? That's a good question. <laughs> Max, the back door opens up to the front door. Sexy. <laughs> okay. Cool. Love it. When you open the back door and look in, you're still looking at the driver's seat. Okay. Well, let me try putting it three hours in the past. Gitzis, can you show me how to do that? Yeah, sure. Hold on. Uh, hey, bus, we're going to get hooked in, okay? And the bus honks its horn. Gitzes leads the bus over to the docking station where mm -hmm. its wheels kind of roll in. She hooks up a couple cables to it, pops a side panel and hooks up a couple cables and fires up the device that she has. We'll shoot for three hours. I've been able to do that a couple of times. I, I can't say it'll work for sure. Are you going to do something? I could try to work it into the calculations, or is this like a vibes thing? This is a vibes thing. This is a vibes check. I just want to see how the time travel vibes are feeling, because they've been feeling a little off, you know, more than usual. So I just want to see, is this the cause, or is this an effect? Okay, great. I've got the time set. Go ahead and get in and hit the gas. All right, gang. <laughs> Goodbye. I get on the bus. Bye. I sit down in the driver's seat. I pat the dash lovingly. It's obviously started, so I, I put it in gear. I don't know. I don't drive buses. I put it in gear, and I hit the gas. Give me a roll to embrace chaos. Yeah. Take a plus one. <laughs> dice, dice, dice. 10. Okay, hold two. Let's see what happens if I briefly wield this powers effect and I try to figure out where Elodie's gone. Max, you hit the gas and you feel the... Beep, beep. 
Hong Kong. <laughs> what do the wheels on the bus do? They go round and round. Max, you hit the gas and you feel the profound and inescapable sensation of time travel. When you're aboard the bus, everything outside of the windows is that pitch black darkness with those bright motes of light. When you hit the gas, those pinpricks, they don't look like pinpricks at all. Instead, they look like luminous threads swaying back and forth like shimmering kelp in an inky ocean. Sexy, love it. You're trying to find Elodie, you're trying to sort of As you look out the window, you swear that the closest one to you responds to your gaze by lolling towards you. I drive towards it. As you turn the wheel, you see it getting closer and closer. And as you do, I can only describe the sound as like temporal anomalous. (laughs) Like the closest thing it would be is kind of like the lightsaber sound. Okay, yeah. The storm near the snarl picks up, clearly agitated, Mm -hmm. and it reaches a fever pitch as that filament brushes up against the bus and one of the windows shatters, and Elodie comes rolling into the bus, out of breath, heaving, and looking absolutely wild-eyed. I did it! Yay! Yay! Go me! (laughs) (laughs) I drove the bus, and I found Elodie. Yay! I mean, I know she's, like, too out of it to really appreciate what I've done right now, but, like, Max is briefly taken, well, okay, we kept one hand on the wheel, but the other hand is like, yay, look, yay, I did it, woo! (laughs) All right, I have a second hold. You do. Because I think we have to get ourselves back. Without dying of time travel. Yeah, I should add that broken window. Uh huh. Part of it is getting drawn out, like everything is getting pulled towards it. But at the same time, you also see what can only be described as a pseudopod of reality extruding out through the suction, pushing into the bus. So the next universe over, that universe is pressing into this bus. Kind of seems like it. Okay, my second hold is to get us home and away from this multiverse is I would like to quell the powers of fact. What does that look like? Do you just hit the brakes? Yeah, yeah, I stop <laughs> on the brakes. <laughs> Incredible. You slam on the brakes and the bus comes to a screeching halt. Those filaments, the luminous strands, all disappear and in their place once again are little motes of light, just little pinpricks in the darkness. Okay. The door swings open automatically and you see the gas station outside. Elodie is getting to her feet, still looking quite wild-eyed, breathing heavily, and looks at you and she's like, You can say thank you. <sighs> thank you. You're <laughs> welcome. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get out of here. And she takes a step forward and almost slips because on the ground is a piece of paper. I pick it up. Lightning cat reflexes. Snatch it away. Funny you should say that. The piece of paper is a campaign poster. (laughs) It has a picture of a very handsome looking cat on it. And it says McMeow for mayor. (laughs) And on the back, in shaky scratch writing, is a message that says, find me at the beginning. Is it the time cat? Do I have to find the time cat? What are you talking about? Elodie's looking at you. The time cat. The time huh. cat. The... Interesting. It's the time cat. It's the... Wait, it, we gotta... it certainly is. It's, it's the time cat. Did... Where were you, by the way? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> hmm. Okay, we'll bring that up again at an opportune time. But for now, that's fine. I would like to get off the bus. Are we still... Are we... We're still at the gas station. I stick my head out as Gitz is there. Yeah, Max, you stick your head out and uh-huh. Gitz is, is nowhere to be seen. She's not standing at the station. How long have I been gone? Max, you take a step out towards the station looking for Gitz's, I assume. And you can see that the clock there is three hours earlier. <gasps> I time traveled! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>